0: The the Getty Museum in Southern California. There's well there was. They've they've put it away um, as of a couple years ago, I believe. There was one display that had a plaque that read Ancient Greece, 520 BC, or modern fraud, on the same plaque as they were looking at this piece of art, which was a a course statue. That, that was discovered and brought to the museum in the early 1980s. And as they unpacked it, they, they got it on loan with the, the interest in, in buying it, and they ended up purchasing it for, for $10 million. When they opened it, the, the art historians, the experts in, in, in judging things said, this is a fake. Well, the art scientists said, no, it's not. This is real. And for that reason, on the plaque, for right over 30 years, like this is either from 520 BC, or it's a modern fraud, right? And going back and forth, kind of like zebra, white with black stripes, or black with white stripes, the, the scientists and then the art experts, just butting heads, right? going at it constantly, Right, the, the scientists looked at it and they say, well, this specific marble that's used is very right, unique to, to this certain region of Greece. And, and a lot of art was made out of this marble. And as we study that, it, it has to be from there. And then it is also coated in this special calcite thing that is formed that takes centuries to happen. And so we look at that and, and we run tests and this thing is really, really, really old, indefinitely from this area of the world. Well, the artists look at it, the art experts, and and they say, "Mm okay, but there are certain things about this piece that when we compare it with others that have been found, just makes me feel a little off. It's just not quite right. I say that the way the hands are in the hairstyle that is used on this particular sculpture. And, and some of those things just have us looking at it and saying, it's close, but it just doesn't seem quite right to us. So they go back and forth and back and forth. And finally, the directors of the museum said, let's just put this thing back in a closet somewhere. And if somebody really wants to look at it, they go and make a, a special appointment with the Getty Museum officials to go and see this highly debated piece. Is it real or is it a fraud? I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that one. But just think of how often we struggle with that in our own lives. Right? Is this real or is this a fraud? Right? And, and just think, right, we have to do that when... Whenever we hear some sort of, of news stories, all of a sudden there's like, okay, what really happened? And is there some sort of point of view that's kind of skewing my eyes and my mind as I filter through this? Right? And, and as we just go through life and, and even in relationships with others, is this person real? Is somebody really that kind <laughs> and, and that patient with me? Or... What kind of intentions do they really have? Can I really trust them? Is this a, another scam artist? And right, just this constant stopping and trying to figure out what can I trust and what can't I trust? And also, where do I invest my energy? Where do I invest my time and my efforts? How do I use everything that I have in a way that is productive and useful? Or am I just wasting my time? Am I just wasting my things in in those items that are fleeting? Well, John gives us some help in this as we look at at his first letter, the, the second chapter, verses 15 through 17, that we read earlier. I'm just gonna read through it again. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, Love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The world and its desires pass away, fraud, fleeting, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. As we look at that, we can't help but think of, right, the temptation to just say, okay, right? Where it says, everything in the world comes not from the Father, but from the world. You're like, wait a second. We read in James that every good and perfect gift is from above. And when we eat and the jobs we get to go to and the ways that we get to our work, and, and there's so much in the world that, right? especially this month of November, we give thanks to God for his gifts. And we see all of these things around him and we say, those are gifts from God. And now here, right? what are we talking about? Everything in the world comes not from the Father, but from the world. Well, it's important to see those parenthetical thoughts that John gives us. right? As he talks about that, everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So as we are looking at the things in the world, the first thing that we have to do is identify, well, what is the problem here? <laughs> right, As, as we're, we're thinking like, okay, there are problems in the world around us, and there are things that are going to be fleeting, and where does that problem lie? In those phrases, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, our own pride, points the finger right at us. This is where the problem is, right? In, in this, these things of the world. And as we are, right, God's people that he has chosen to be his own and has also chosen to put in this world, here he is putting us on guard as well. That sinful nature that you've got, you've got this lust going on in your heart and this lust going on with your eyes. There are things that, that are just sparkly and neat and grab your attention and you want to get closer and be drawn to those and, and start some sort of relationship with that, right? Those things of using the world to, to, to fuel your own pride and your own desires, that's where the problem Right, that's where we really see where the issue is in determining between what is fleeting and what is forever is how I'm handling everything in the world. Right, how I am using the blessings that God has given to me. I'm investing that wide range of resources that I have at my disposal. Right, what is fleeting In what is forever. Maybe another key word for us to look at in these verses is that word love. Do not love the world or anything in it. Right? That that love, that agape, is is a wonderful expression, a relational expression that is one that is, is giving, is committed. Is, is willing to, to make investments and to make that jump, to go all in, to make sacrifices, right? In, in Pastor Tim's premarital classes and the ones I offer, right? That's what we talk about, of that love between a husband and a wife, that it's that agape that you are 100% committed to this. You are not going anywhere, right? You are going to make sacrifices for the other. You're going to, to show patience. You're going to pursue the other in, in showing this kind of love, and John says, "Don't love the world like that." And that's where that lust of my heart and my eyes and feeding my pride—that's where it gets shown when I love the world. We see that when we stop and we think, "All right, this week, what am I pursuing, and why?" What am I investing in and why? And so so we think about our day-to-day activity and and just, you know, when I go to work, and that's definitely an investment of my time and my energy, and I think, why am I doing that? Am I doing it as part of a way that God has granted me and my vocation to serve Him? and to carry out his will? Or is there some lust of my heart, my eyes, feeding my pride in that pursuit? Right? And, and we look at, at everything in the world around us and we think of, you know, what are some things that I am guilty of, of sacrificing for? Right? Do I sacrifice relationships with those nearest and dearest to me because of that thing over there, right? Yesterday evening, I'm a University of Michigan fan. I didn't go to school there. All right, I go blue, yeah. But what happens, my kids, hey dad, you wanna play Uno? No, I'm watching the game. And all of a sudden you're just like, what am I talking about tomorrow? <laughs> like, all right, sacrificing things for these odd, empty things. I I didn't even go to school there, right? None of those people know me. I don't send them any money, but yet I'm like, go blue, let's go. It's like, and I'm gonna invest my money in a sweatshirt and I'm gonna invest money in all of this stuff. And you're like, okay, that can be a fun, interesting hobby. But if it becomes a pursuit that affects me emotionally and in my heart, where all of a sudden like these meaningful investments are made and sacrifices are happening, Am I loving the world? And we think of of chasing careers or chasing those things that that just give us momentary pleasure. And then we stop and think, what am I investing in? Investing in something that's maybe hurting my relationship with others. I'm investing so many things that can be used to serve God, but I'm using them to serve my latest desire, my latest passion, right? That my, my own pride. And yet hurting others along the way. Maybe hurting myself along the way. And most of all, hurting my relationship with God along the way. I cannot be giving this kind of committed, sacrificial love to the things of the world, and still claim that I love God. That's what John makes clear for us, and it's a message that I need to hear each and every day when you wake up in the morning and you think, what am I going to do today, What am I going to pursue? What is going to reflect my commitments and what am I making sacrifices for today? And it's not always in those things that are forever. Way too often. It's in those things that are fleeting. When we think about, again, that word love and what it means... Another very, very important thought for us each and every morning as we wake up is to say that is the same word used to describe God's love for us. Each and every one of us. That love that pursues. That love that is sacrificial. That love that is 100% faithful and committed. That is God's love for us, right? That word sacrificial is easy. We know that God did that for us, and that's what that cross means for us. That is where God gave his one and only son to not only talk the talk, but walk the walk in what true sacrificial love looks like. That sacrifice for our hearts that are so easily chasing the things of this world, That forgiveness of sins for those lusts of our eyes and our hearts. And in those times when I feed my own pride and my own desires, God says, my desire for you is that forgiveness. Right? And a love that is committed. Right? A love that pursues. A love that comes after us. And think of, right, maybe an equivalent for love in, in, in that sense of love is a love that gives. as we're giving things to the world around us to get something back and find it empty and fleeting, we turn and we see a God who is so committed to that love that gives to us, that gives us his own son, that gives us promises, that pursues us with his word, that every single word written for us in his word is a proclamation of that love for you and his 100% clear and genuine desire to have you in his family now and have you in his family forever, in eternity. Right, That love that is so faithful in giving us that forgiveness we need. His mercies are new every morning. That love that that we can point to as the foundation for, for who we are and that identity that God has given to us in our own baptism. Said, you have been marked with God's own name. You are his own dear child. Right? That love that is so committed that we get to celebrate in just a few moments as we say, this is the body of our Lord given for you. This is the blood poured out for you. Love that gives. That's the love of our God for us. How awesome and how comforting is that, right? To know that our God's love isn't fake, it isn't a fraud, it's so genuine, it's so real. It's not going to, to disappear like a, a fleeting mist, but it is, is there for us, so committed and so faithful each and every day. And that's where we need to turn. As we continue to struggle, and what am I investing in? What am I maybe showing love towards in this world around me? How am I struggling with these lusts, these desires of my heart and my eyes? Say, God, take that heart, take those eyes, turn them to the cross, turn them to that place where I stop thinking about my love and start thinking about your love first and foremost. Because that's the only place where I am going to be equipped and then have this passion and desire to serve you, to carry out your will, to be filled with your love that is so pure and so sincere. I need to be filled with that before I can show it. That's what God's will is for us. We carry out our days and our weeks and our months not in a pursuit of the things of this world but in that pursuit of Him. And as we pursue Him, we're lifted up, restored, strengthened, encouraged by His love. And as we pursue Him, we're equipped to make investments (laughs) in that love. Right, to use what we have to his service and to his glory. And what a beautiful thing that is. Right, as we can have that assurance that what I am doing actually matters. What I am doing is making a difference. Right? Again, maybe not in the worldly impact sense of things. God's eyes, as I'm carrying out His will and showing His love to others, I'm showing an understanding that I understand what forever means. And I understand that forever is most important. It's always hard for a pastor to come and preach at another church. Not because I'm not gonna know what to do with the kids once our message is over and where to send them and all of a sudden give them control. Very dangerous thing, right? And not understanding it's gonna happen when there's communion up here. We'll figure it out and we'll get through it. Right, but part of the challenge is you miss your church. And right? I know Pastor Tim misses you guys right now. And he's probably even tuning in or he will watch this at some point. And I'll have to tell him, it's like, I had to raise this thing and stretch out your microphone a little bit in order to fit in up here. And so he'll have some adjusting to do once he gets back in the saddle here. All right, but you miss where you're at and, and there are plenty of awesome stories of God's grace here at, at CVL of God's love, that faithful love on display through his people. And I'm excited I'll be able to get back in church because I'm praying that there is one happening Today. Just um, earlier this week. A lady I've known for for years who works in the community down there. She does Zumba classes for our Spanish speaking community and and does some dietary things and and she's done some Zumba classes at our church and and that's and said, Hey, can I stop by and, and chat a little bit? And and I thought it was maybe her you know, wanted to drop off their workout schedule that we can share with our members. Like, hey, here's when you can go to Zumba or some other classes going on. But not this time. Um, she came in and before she even said anything, she was crying. It's like, oh, what's going on? And just in a relationship, is this real or is this fake? And doesn't know. And every time, right, maybe he's not the clearest communicator, it's fake. it's not real. There's something he's hiding. And then maybe the next day, OK, I think there's some sort of glimmer of hope of truth, of something we can build on here. But I just don't know. And it's a pointer to God's faithful love. Say, so Cindy, this is why we have like these crosses hanging around our, our church. To be reminded of God's clear and committed and faithful love to us as we navigate and try to figure out this question, is this real or is this fake? We get to build our lives on something real. Well, Paul, I have never had faith. I, I, I don't know anything about any of this. I don't really believe in anything. Well, come and see. And, well, why did you come here then? <laughs> it's like, well, I've noticed something. Notice something in, in your church, in your community. You live differently, you're able to, to walk differently, you're able to have a smile on your face in the middle of a pandemic. You're able to to keep some sense of stability and foundation when your world, our world, and lives are in chaos. You have something that's building a a strange community with a makeup of a lot of different people. What is it? It's that cross. It's that love of our Savior, that love of our God for us, a committed, sacrificial love that changes our hearts, and changes our relationship with others. Okay, kind of want to learn more about that. Good, that's why we're here. If you wanted to learn more about like, relationship advice, yeah might not be the best at that but pointing to you to god's love that's what we do here and then yesterday while watching the michigan game (laughs) get a message what time are your services tomorrow okay she's gonna maybe be there and i won't be there oh no (laughs) but it's okay why because we have a vicar there who's going to share that message of the cross. Who's going to be there to share that message of God's love. The message that she needs. The message that each and every one of us need. And a message that God is so faithful, and so committed, and even in pursuit to share with us.